Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Wednesday, May 24th edition of the Fox Sports Fantasy Podcast. We're going to do a little football today. I'm here today with Emil Cadlick from Football Diehards. Emil publishes the Fantasy Football Pro Forecast magazine. You can see it on newsstand soon. He'll tell you details later. But uh, we did a mock PPR draft on Tuesday night, and I was lucky to be a part of that. I had the third pick. Emil, welcome. Thanks a lot for doing this with me. Thanks for letting me on your show. Anytime. I'm glad we finally did this. Um, Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about from this draft... A lot of uh, fantasy analysts in here. Um, you and Bob Harris had a team. Our friend Jake Seeley, who's been on the podcast many times, uh, has a team. Uh, Jen Ryan, see Corbini, Nick Kai, uh, Jamie Eisenberg. Uh, don't want to c- cut anyone short, but lots of people. So, um, mid-second round, Seeley takes Joe Mixon with the 20th pick. And it, it, we talked before we started recording that ADP-wise... Joe Mixon is going RB21, maybe fifth round. I even think that's too high. I think, and I'm going to state my premise first, that what we're, what we're doing here is basically, as I keep saying to everybody, Jeremy Hill wasn't good last year, but Jeremy Hill's not dead. And Gio Bernard might come back. Basically, by picking him here, Joe Mixon's the man. Do, do you think people, I think Jake reached too high on Mixon here, but generally, it, it, what do you think of the 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 may hype on Mixon right now? Well, it's it's easy to have great hype when it's not even OTAs in preseason. And the, he actually, Mixon was taken as the ninth running back in the second round when he's going as the 21st running back in most drafts. Way high. Uh, even if you want to make a statement, uh, Jake C wants to make a statement, you could have made the statement in the fourth round. <laughs> And still probably got him. <clears throat> Maybe he was so paranoid that people are taking him. You know, I realize that uh, Jeremy Hill has had some, you know, isn't, isn't maybe what they are. They drafted this Mixon guy. And maybe next year it'll be Mixon's turn to be the number one guy. But this isn't next year. And as one guy co- commented on the instant message on the draft last night from the Monty Python Holy Grail movie, he's not dead yet. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, it was. I think it was a little, a little uh, over the top, personally. And 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 Jake tends to, <clears throat> to to beat me like a drum or in leagues together. So I'm certainly not going to beat up on him. And I'm going to ask this, him about this soon. But just generally, even before he did, the Mixon hype seems to be it's it's rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. He he's the rookie that everybody's falling in love with right now. Yeah, I think I think to to tell customers when you get excited about players, that's great. Be excited. But don't overdo it. Relax. Calm down. There's a lot of players to take. Yeah. You don't have to take somebody that out of turn. You want to get value. And if you know you could have taken, if you really like Mixon, you could have got him in the fourth round, right. maybe fifth. Yep. All right. I'm going to bring this up with Sealy soon. Okay. <clears throat> Everybody, if you like this podcast, like we always remind you, please subscribe to it wherever you're listening, whether it's iTunes, iTunes, SoundCloud, or somewhere else. We are going to go over this. The, the, the draft we had last night. Um, we're going to go over some of the guys who, who and when they were taken, and some of it will just get into general, you know, value things on certain players. Uh, first of all, all right, so I had uh, round one, I was pick three. I had I took Zeke. You were pick eight. You took McCoy. There's my dog, by the way. You'll hear him from time to time. Them dogs podcast. are barking. Yeah, he, he's, he's excited right now, so I'm going to have to shut him up somehow <laughs> while, while dexterously maintaining our conversation. Um, first of all, uh, middle of the round. Mike Evans, six over Odell Beckham, seven. How surprised were you at that? 
Yeah, I was surprised. Obviously, uh, Beckham's been a top one or two receiver his rookie year when he had no he missed all of preseason. He had a hamstring injury. He came in week three, and he, sh- he showed that he's a great, great receiver. Of course, he's had the kind of the mental issue he's had the last couple of years. I- it's interesting because Jules McLean, who happens to be a very seasoned, high-stakes player, has done quite well in the nation in high stakes, she has a tendency to think out of the box a little bit, and I'm sure there's something she sees why she wants Evans over Beckham. A lot of things to think about. You got uh, Jameis Winston was the top was a top 10 quarterback last year. He's a growing quarterback. Eli Manning, obviously experienced. You got Brandon Marshall coming to the Giants. You got Deshaun Jackson coming to Tampa Bay. Is that going to help or hurt these guys as far as protect or as coverage is concerned, defensive coverage? Some intangible made her pick him over, uh, made her pick Evans over Beckham. It's relatively close, but gosh, I would take Beckham myself. And Beckham being the seventh overall player, it just shows you how the running, those top three running backs have kind of altered the, the draft board from 2006. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I, actually, the thing is, I was a little surprised with Evans over Beckham, but when I think about it, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me that much. You know what I mean? It's yeah. I, like I, I can see I can see the path here for Evans being terrific because I think Jameis is going to take a step forward. I know he's got more weapons. Maybe we spread the ball around. But this one, I looked at it and I went, oh, wow, cool, interesting. That's well, their stats, yeah, their stats from last year were almost dead, dead the same. They yep. were, they're almost identical. I, I saw Evans slowing down a little the second half. I had him in a couple of leagues. And, of course, I was wanting the world from him. <laughs> you know, when he scores 30 points – in week six, I'm just throwing that out. I want 30 in week seven. Yeah. But, you know, stepping back from the non-emotional, he had, you know, he's great. And the question is, why did he slow down a little bit? Was it was I haven't really analyzed that. Uh, tough choice. I would probably have taken Beckham personally. But uh, Jules is a very clever individual, and, and uh, I don't doubt her theories. Yep. All right. Second round, you and Bob took Gronk. With the, what is it, 17th pick here? Um, safe to say you're not worried about his injury. Gronk always has some potential injury issues, but you're not worried about the ones he had last year lingering or anything like that. You're, you're, this is basically, this is close to an all-in pick on Gronk. <laughs> well, yeah, you are worried about his injuries. I don't think he's had an injury-free or a, he's missed a game in, in the last, like, at least four years. I don't have the numbers in front of me. And, of course, he missed a lot last year. Yeah, you are very worried about it. Um, you know, middle to bottom of the second round, maybe third round. Risk versus reward. This guy obviously has a high upside. And, yeah, it, it, maybe his career is, is taking that back seat a little bit from being the pristine player he was. We are worried about it. That's a risk pick, even though it's the second round. Sometimes you have to go for it in drafts. Yep. If he can play, you know, 15 games next year, and hopefully the one he misses is not week 13, 14, and 15, or 14, 15, and 16, the fantasy playoffs, that'll work out. But, yes, it's a risk. We are worried about it. But, some, you know, we just decided at that point it's worth the risk. Okay. And we'll find out whether it is or not. Um. I'm going to go down to round four. Ty Montgomery. He was an interesting guy last year. He caused, he caused some position eligibility issues for fantasy owners. People complaining about his eligibility and when is he going to be a running back. And people in our business had to switch things. And he was interesting. But he was a pretty good running back. And, and unfortunately, when he came, when, when he sort of burst into fantasy prominence, 
his production wasn't consistent. And I think that's more his coach's fault than his. Do you think Ty Montgomery is a legit fantasy starting running back? No, I don't think he's an RB1. And I'm not even sure if he's an RB2. He he may be talented, and he actually did pretty well. He he had a 30-point game, uh, gosh, what was it, um, against Chicago in the second half of the season. But other than that, it was week 15, I think. He was pretty much an eight-point guy the second half of the season, kind of a mean. That, that to me, doesn't sound like an RB2. That sounds like a marginal RB2. And like you said, it's not necessarily his fault. What has Green Bay done the last five or six years? Are they really going to run the ball to make a guy an RB1? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. So it's not just him. You look at him. You look at the team. And you look at what they've done. And it's been a long time since they've really had an RB1. So he was the 18th running back taken. His his ADP is 23-ish. He went a little early. But I, I would probably avoid him personally because – how the team uses running backs. And and Supporting on Montgomery, one game with double-digit carries. And early yeah. on, he had those two games in a row where he caught 10 passes, and all the PPR folks among us went bananas, thought it was the greatest thing ever. And then after that, they stopped throwing to him as much, and they didn't run him as much. And he was very confusing, yeah. I would say. Um, and again, yeah, he gave you gave you some hope there. Right. But then the reality came in, and, what, uh, and, and, that, and that's kind of, you know, when you're thinking about that, Sometimes when you have those situations and you're doing free agency, if he was available at that time, you got to think about what's that team doing? Are they really going to continue to throw to this guy? Was it matchups against Chicago and the previous team, which I don't have it up right now? You know, sometimes you have to, you know, it's, it's, those are tough choices, but consider, uh, Green Bay throw, uh, using the running back as an RB1 is, is something that I would be leery of, yep. assuming it's going to happen. Okay, we're going to get down. Speaking of running backs, we're going to talk about one of my picks. So I get down to round. And you've had a wonderful draft, by the way. You think so? Yeah, I did like your draft. I like Gurley in the second round. Yeah. I thought that's a nice, you know, everybody's mad at him. Everybody's worried about him. And he could rebound quite well with the new coaching staff. And, you know, you got Elliott in the first round. And to get, I, I, I interrupt you. Go ahead and, and put your premise out. And we'll no, talk no. Okay. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, Crabtree in the fourth was the one I didn't particularly like. I took and I went, eh. <laughs> you know. Well, but. That's a tough situation because you went RB, RB, one and two, rounds one and two, and it was good to get a second run, a receiver. Yeah. You got Brandon Cooks, which was good. I like your draft. I like I like Decker in the sixth because, you know, people forget about him, and he's pretty much the guy in, in New York for the Jets. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like was, Decker, too. Your dog likes the pick, too. My very dog good. does like the pick. He's very vocal today. Um, <laughs> all right. So in the seventh round, I'm looking for another backup running back. And – I'm a, I, I grew up a Giants fan, and I take Paul Perkins, and I think to myself, you know, I don't love Paul Perkins, but at this point of the draft, you know, why not? Seventh round, McAdoo says he's the first and second round back. Why not? Do, do you, is, he, is he more than a why not guy? When you hear he's the first and second round back and have Vereen as the pass catcher, are, are you confident in Paul Perkins this year? Well, as an RB3, yes. I think he's a great pick. I thought it was a really nice pick. He's got upside. We don't know what he'll do yet. You got that rookie, Wayne uh, Galman or whatnot, yep. but you know, not too many people named Wayne have been great running backs. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. But uh, I think it's a good pick and pick around seven, especially the way you've structured your team already. You have two great running backs. So it's nice this, at this point to get a guy who may have some upside, a flex guy, an RB3, depending on how, you know, how it works out. He... 
I think it was the ADP was the 32nd overall running running back, and I think you got him with the 31st running back taken in the draft. So you picked him about as late as you could get him. Yep. All right. So, value. so do, value. do you think – right, let, let's say you were the type of person – let's say you're playing, you know, two running backs, three receivers, and a flex. Do you, let's say it's even 2-2 two, two and a flex. Is Perkins the kind of running back that you'd feel good about – rolling out as your flex guy in week one. RB2 is a little aggressive, but rolling out as a flex guy, you think, I mean, they're playing Dallas, and, you know, we don't have to get into the matchups now, but is he going to be busy enough, do you think, that week one as your flex, you're, you're going, yeah, okay, I can, I can live with him? I think you're going to – that question will be answered in preseason and and see how he runs and see see how you feel about him as you actually see him on the field. Does he look like he's taken a step forward in, in, in his second years in the league. He looks more confident in what they're talking about him doing up to the week one. A lot of times I'm leery if I can find another guy to start in week one that's I'm more comfortable with, that's more of a veteran, just to get through that first week. But that's my, my way of doing it. I, I think a one, two, three with three receivers, he'd be an easy flex. Okay. Got one, it. two, two, uh, there may be another receiver you could start in his place. Give him a week to sit. Yep. On your cluster. All right. Um, going down next round, round eight. I, I thought it was interesting that the two Browns receivers went within three picks of each other. Corey Coleman went 88, and Kenny Britt went 90. And this is sort of a, a talent versus production choice, I think. Because Coleman, you know, people have compared him to, I mean, people like Steve Smith, for instance, I've heard. or heard that last year. He got hurt last year. And last year, was, it was kind of a lost season. But mid-first-round pick, they really like him. Kenny Britt, boringly productive. And my editor, Ryan Fowler, is going to make fun of me because Kenny Britt's, a Rutgers, <laughs> Kenny Britt's a Rutgers guy, and I'm a Rutgers guy. And every year, I wind up picking Kenny Britt in the 12th round of whatever draft. And this year, I don't think I'm going to get it. Um, but I like Kenny. I have a little bias toward Kenny Britt. But, but which way would you go? It would seem to me that Coleman probably has it's you know it's it's a risk reward kind of play where Britt you probably know what you're going to get a little more even with the bad I mean Britt's used to playing with bad quarterbacks who, who do you prefer what angle would you go if you had to pick between one of those two guys in the same area well in the eighth round I'd probably go with Corey Coleman with the upside as you talked at the beginning of this he missed a lot of games last year. I had it written down here somewhere, and I can't. I was saying he missed six games with his injury. He did have a couple of really productive games at the beginning. He's got the upside. He's got the talent. He's got one more year under him. Britt has had only a couple of really big years, and he's a nice player. I would have probably gone with Coleman as taking that little more of a risk. Eighth round is a good place to hope to get some high upside. Okay. And Britt last year, first time he was over 1,000 yards, by the way. 68 wow. for 1,002 and five touchdowns. And on that team, that was that was no small feat on the Rams. And he's, in, he's like in his ninth year, roughly, plus or minus. He's getting up there. Yep. Um, yeah, so if, if Fowler's listening, ha-ha, people like Kenny Britt <laughs> as much as I do now. Um, who is your – you guys picked Martellus Bennett at one point. And I wanted to ask you, and I had this question before I saw who you picked. Who is your favorite late-round tight end? If you're not going to go with the, uh, you know, the, the Gronks and even Tyler Eiferts of the world and whoever's in between, Olsen and, you know, Reed. If there's a late-round tight end, if you wait on your tight end one and grab one late, who's, who's the guy you're going to take, do you think? Well, 
uh, ironically, I think it's the second time I've agreed with you, at least the second time here in, the, in these few short minutes. I like Ebron for yeah. Detroit. He's, a, he's, he's got the injury issue. He's got issues. He's got an injury history somewhat. He's played hurt, but he's missed games. I think he missed three games last year, full games. But, but he's been productive, and he's gotten better. Now they, they, they drafted that Michael Roberts from uh, uh, Toledo. And I think that scares a few people. Oh my gosh, you know what are they? But rookie tight ends usually don't perform that well anyway. So that'll help with managers may may even allow Ebron to slip even further. I think his ADP right now is a twelfth tight end. He's an excellent late late tight end pick in my opinion. I, I yes, we agree. And I think last year Pete. People shy away because you look at the numbers and he's only got the one touchdown. Look, he's not a perfect player. He drops passes and all that stuff. But, but I mean, three seasons, he's improved. The numbers have improved. Last year, he caught almost five catches a game. So Yeah, if it was obvious, he wouldn't be the 12th tight end taken. You have, you, have to, you, know, you have to take these chances. That's what it's all about is finding players that, you know, have, have some upside. And they don't work out always. You know, yep. if you get two of the five – wild card picks in your draft, you're doing really well. Right. And that's what people have to understand. You don't just pick these guys in the 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th, and they all work. You need a couple of them to work. Yep. All right. Uh, we, you mentioned Eric Decker earlier, that I picked Eric Decker. And, and the next question I'm going to ask you, I'm going to, ask, I'm going to bring up mine first. Uh, I, I want to ask you, if there's one player who you're going to have a higher share in than everyone else, who will it be? And my guy's probably Decker. I really like him. I know they've got a quarterback issue with the Jets, but you know what? I mean, it's not like Ryan Fitzpatrick was the greatest player in the world either, or Geno Smith. And Decker had two really good years with a combination of those guys. You know, the two two full seasons with the Jets before last year getting hurt. He averaged seventy seven catches, about a thousand yards, and uh, he scored seventeen touchdowns combined. I think he I think he's an underrated receiver, and and where he's going in the drafts, Decker's a guy who's going to wind up on a lot of my teams. Who is a guy? Now, you can't predict the early guys to wind up on a lot of your teams because that's too difficult. depends on your draft slot. Who do you think is going to wind up on more of your teams than anybody else? Well, I haven't done a complete analysis. I do like Decker. And, by the way, that, that reminds me now, uh, since um, that, run, that quarterback you just mentioned went to Tampa Bay, that's probably why uh, Jules picked uh, Mike Evans. Evans. Because <laughs> yeah. of the backup quarterback. Just kidding. No, Decker's a great one because, you know, he was hurt. The team's, you know, got problems at quarterback, but he has been productive with those quarterbacks, oh. with, you know, lower-ranked quarterbacks. ADP is the 41st receiver taken, and typically in the late seventh round. Where do you got him in the eighth round? I forget where you got him anyway. I think it was six, so I might have jumped a little bit. Yeah, he, he's – well, of course, you had a different – another thing about ADP is you got to understand who you're drafting with, so you may have to adjust it. Right. Open here, it's it's a, it's an idea. There's another guy actually for the for the Jets is Bilal Powell. Yep, you guys took him. We did take him. We took him probably in the fifth. We could have taken him a little later, probably. Again, that's the thing where you have to judge who you're drafting with. Uh, he was he had some huge games last year. Last year, week 14 through 17, fantasy points 34, 27, 9, and 22 in week 17, which doesn't really count. The problem with Powell is you have to wait for Forte to get hurt. Right. So, you know, but hey, if Forte does what he usually does, in the second half of the season you got Bilal Powell and you can get into the playoffs, he could be very productive for you. Having a lot of shares of him, I'm not sure if I'll have a lot of shares of him, but he is a guy who 
was incredible in the second half when I, you know, he was very good in the second half last year. And people start to forget about those kind of players like Decker. So he's a sneaky player to get in the middle rounds that could be really, really good for you. Yeah, I liked Powell. I, I bet on him last year and it didn't work out till late. But but I'm I'm a fan of his. And I agree. I, I tend to jump off old guys sooner rather than later. And if I miss, it's fine. But he's been a lot, he's been on the bench for a long time. So he hasn't had a lot of uh, touches, right. say. And and Powell, essentially, you think last year, you think to yourself, oh, well, he, he kind of picked it up late in the season when Forte was out. Powell had 1,100 yards from scrimmage, which I didn't, I had no idea. Yeah, I, that is a lot. Yep, 58 catches. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's a good back. I, I, I want to see him get busier because I think he's, I think he's underrated and I would kind of like to see him get more credit. All right. Uh, Emma, what, thank you at first. Thanks again for inviting me to the draft. So, so that was the mock. We have our draft again in what, two or three weeks, right? The act for the league. Yeah. It's, um, about a month. Yeah. Oh, actually no, three weeks, three weeks. You're right. Yes. I, I was the league champ two years ago, everybody, by the way. So very good. And it's a, like you said, that's a very competitive, uh, set of people. It is. Um, all right. So why don't you tell everybody, this is the, the draft. mock last night was for your magazine. Why don't you tell everybody where and when they'll be able to find the magazine and, and what people are going to be able to find this summer from Football Diehards. Yeah, the, the mag goes out on newsstands on July 11th, which is a Tuesday, and you can get it at Barnes & Noble and Walmart and, of course, pretty much all around the country. And you can also go to the website and order it if you don't want to go look for it at footballdiehards.com. You know, Diehard, we've been doing, Football Diehards have been doing, we've been around for a long, long time. The uh, Actually, we started magazines in 1990, believe it or not, 27 wow. years ago. Uh, you know, we have all the, the draft prep information as far as, you know, rankings, mock analysis, OTA, preseason preview strategies, and, of course, the full full slot of weekly information every week of the season. One thing we're doing new this year is we're going to have an injury prediction uh, for every player coming in July. Got it. Which is a new kind of thing where we're doing an estimate of of where we think uh, given all the previous days, a lot of data. I can't believe how crazy that stuff is trying to predict injuries, but it's going to be fun because guys like Gronk, you know, what does the system think Gronk's going to do next year? It kind of give you an added little piece of data to try and make those decisions. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Big, big red flashing lights in front of Gronk, I would think. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't wait to see that number. We haven't we haven't gotten that far yet on 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 tight ends, but I can't wait to see that number. It's going to be quite interesting. And, and if, you know, if anybody wants to go to the site and order the premium content, flash update, and whatnot, you can use the use the discount code Diehards with an S and get five bucks off. So it's only nineteen for the whole year. There you go, everybody. Hard to beat that. See, so listen to this podcast. You get promo codes from Amos website, so that's a, that's a pretty good deal. Um, Amos, thanks a lot for doing this with me. I appreciate it. Okay. Wonderful time. Thank you so much, John. All right, everybody, before we go, remember, uh, please subscribe to this podcast and check out the rest of our coverage, foxsports.com slash fantasy rankings, uh, podcasts, lots of other helpful things, getting you ready for your fantasy football draft time. It's creeping up, everybody. Before you know it, it will be draft time, so don't fall behind. We'll have more podcasts next week, so please keep listening. For Emil Catholic, I'm John Halpin, and thank you for listening to the Fox Fantasy Podcast.